This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Eric Barnes and Jack Frew. Hello and welcome to the Laravel News Podcast. I'm Eric Barnes. Along with me today, of course, we have uh, Jack Frew and we have two other special guests. Uh, Jack, you want to tell us about how you've been since the last episode? I have been great. I have to say, uh, you know, putting together a podcast does take a little bit of work. I hadn't realized how much uh, I was going to enjoy the free time. How about you? Yeah, the same, uh, you know, kids at Christmas and uh, everything else going on in life. It's uh it's uh, fun, to, fun to start getting back a little bit, but uh, for sure, but yeah, and, glad, glad the holidays are over. If you're listening to this, I don't know if you knew this, but we generally would record on Friday and then we would try to like publish the episode on Tuesday. And usually that meant that we would like do the editing over the weekend, which you know doesn't sound like a bad thing, but then it's like almost you know, like we did it every other week. So every other weekend, you know, you were like busy doing audio stuff and stuff like that. So it was kind of nice to have those weekends where it was like, hey, I got another weekend free, maybe I should do something. You know, it was kind of neat. So anyway, we have uh, kind of like, I guess, uh, uh, a nice announcement to make today. Eric, you want to tell uh, tell the listeners about what we've got here? Yeah, so we have uh, um, we have Michael and uh, Jake. Uh, you want to introduce yourself, guys? Yeah, Michael, sure. go ahead, man. Sure. Hey, uh, I'm Michael Dorinda. And uh, I'm Jake Bennett. That's just like our intro. There we go. <laughs> That's right. Yes, and you might know them from North Meets South, uh, dot audio or dot FM. Audio. Michael, what is it? I always get it wrong. Yeah, northmeetsouth.audio. The audio. All right. So anyway, yeah, so we have uh, big news today. Michael and Jake are going to be taking over the Laravel News podcast going forward. And me and Jack are going to retire to a uh, warm tropical island. And, uh, but, but not together, just to clarify. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. But yeah, so uh, so we've been talking, you know, over this kind of this off season around the holidays and everything, and um, and Michael and Jake both have already been doing a podcast. They really enjoy it, and um, they of course love Laravel, so it it makes sense to to try to work together and let them come on and start hosting the Laravel News podcast. Yeah, and I'm super excited about it. I've met both of these guys before. If you if you haven't been lucky enough to meet Jacob and Michael, uh, they're both great people. I think I met both of you guys was just this year, right at uh, at Laracon. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I had um, met you. Uh, I had met you years previous, but uh, I think this was the first year we actually got to hang out a little bit. So that was cool. Yeah, and certainly first time for Michael. I don't think you were at Laracon 2015. No, right? it's just uh, yeah. This is last Louis, year. So. Louisville was my first. Or oh, 2016 was my first one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's confusing because there was two of them at Louisville, right? So, yeah. Um, but you know, one of the things that if you've been a regular listener on the podcast, you always kind of knew is that like sometimes they talk about good cop, bad cop. Well, it was always like Eric was the experienced one, and I was like the new guy, right? Because <laughs> I don't do that much full time stuff with Laravel. Like I love it, and I really love the community. And uh, I reached out to Eric when we started this thing because I wanted to kind of try to contribute. But at the same time, I'm not a date, you know, like my day to day job doesn't involve Laravel. It doesn't involve PHP and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that really excited me about, you know, about these two guys is that, you know, they're both kind of heads down in the keyboard. Like they do this stuff day in and day out. And I think they're both going to bring a lot to the podcast. So I'm really excited to have you guys. Thank you. It's kind. Hey, thanks a lot. Yeah, we're super stoked to take on the. Uh, to be past the torch, as it were. So, you know, it was, we debated a little bit back and forth just because we love our podcast so much and we wanted to make sure that, you know, we were still going to be able to do that. And I think we've got it worked out where that's absolutely going absolutely gonna to be the case. And uh, super excited to be able to uh, help contribute to the Laravel community a little bit. Yeah, as Jake said, it was, it was important for us to sort of, now that we've had probably about six months of the North Meet South podcast, 
to sort of get that on its own legs and we were starting to gain momentum, we sort of had to think a little bit about how we can do two different podcasts without sort of getting burnt out by either one of them. And our, our podcast, we usually lean a little bit on Laravel News for some of the content and then some of the podcast was about, you know, just our personal experiences in using Laravel day to day and challenges and things like that that we overcame. So it came down to, you know, we'll probably have to cut back on doing the news because the two of us probably don't want to talk about the same things twice in a week um, or twice, you know, on alternating fortnights. So we'll move all of our Laravel news discussion over to this podcast and we'll, we'll keep the uh, challenges and things like that and sort of keep it more of a catch-up kind of podcast for North Meet South, I think. That sounds great. Sounds great, yeah. It's, um, I can say it's a lot of work to edit podcasts, and it's one of those things where, what's the phrase that I've heard? Is it, uh, is it perfection is the enemy mm. of progress or that something right, along yeah. those lines? Have you heard that said before? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that I always used to do is I did like a ton of editing, and I feel like that was... In in a sense, partially to blame for why it took so much work, right? Like it, you know, you, you could just hit record, go, and then be done with it. Um, so it'd be interesting. Like when you guys were doing North versus South, do you did you do a lot of editing, or did you just kind of go with whatever you got on tape and and call it a day? Yeah. Um. Initially, I think I started doing the editing, so we would record and then I would edit. But I quickly realized with uh, having kids, and uh, I'll make this our official announcement. Uh, we just found out we're having our fourth. So hey, uh, congratulations! Awesome, woohoo! Congrats! Yeah, Michael eventually took on the editing responsibility, and so yeah, I would just show up and record, and Michael very graciously took on the editing portion, which I uh, know can be sort of difficult. So Jack, you are a free man. Ah, oh, I, <laughs> I feel like a weight is off my shoulders. <laughs> yes, as a as a young married man with with no kids just yet, uh, I've still got some free time. So, yeah, it's between basketball games. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so cool stuff. So before the show started, Jacob made an interesting observation. And you know, for some of you who are strictly programmers, you probably don't care. But you know, me, like every time I listen to something, I, I feel like there's always like all these questions, right? Like, what kind of equipment are they using? What's their background? That kind of stuff. Do you, uh, do you guys want to just maybe quickly talk about like what your background is with Laravel in the community for those that haven't heard you on the North? Meet South podcast, and then also talk maybe a little bit about like, you know, what's your equipment? And like, you know, Michael, like, what do you edit with? Like that kind of stuff. Cause I think there's people out there that probably like to know. Sure. Michael, you go ahead and start with that. Yeah, sure. So, um, my background, I've probably been working with Laravel for about four years now, um, since the early Laravel 4. I think Laravel 4.2 was the first version that I, that I really sunk my teeth into. But I came across the framework probably in the late three days. Um, so I've been around the community for, for quite a while, probably about three years ago, I got really active with Laracast and, and helping out on the forums. Um, and then I sort of touched base with Matt Stauffer early last year and we, we worked on a on Confomo together. So yeah, a lot of that has just been, I guess, organic growth, getting to know different people, getting more exposure to the framework, um, using it day to day. Um, not not as much in my previous job, but certainly a lot more now. We we rely fairly heavily on Laravel and my current job at Hostworks. So yeah, it, it was doing the podcast was kind of a way, first of all, to um, keep in touch with Jake, um, but also to um, sort of reach out to the community and you know be another voice. Uh, it's it's 
really easy to start a podcast and I always find myself overloaded with them on a day-to-day basis, which is probably a great motivator for me to get into the gym often because it's really the only time I get to listen to them. I can't listen to a podcast while I'm working because it just becomes background noise and I, and I don't hear it. So yeah, so did the podcast, got that up and running and that, that's sort of been great, great fun to sort of reach out to the community. Most recently, and I haven't, I haven't actually mentioned it to anyone. I don't even know if Jake knows this, but with with Matt's book, I was actually one of the technical editors on that. So it was, and um, that was snake. You didn't even tell me. <laughs> I was, I was expecting you to say you were expecting a child, but <laughs> I said to Matt, you know, I haven't actually told Jake about this. I wonder if he's going to notice. But the cat's out of the <laughs> bag now. So yeah, when when he first started writing that book, I I sort of reached out to him and said, hey, if you're, you know, if you want anyone to read over any of the know the content if you want some edits or anything like that just send them to me i'll i'll do that and yeah that ended up being by anyone who knows matt he's always willing to shout out to people that have helped him so it was quite a nice surprise to to get my copy of the book and to see my name printed in it so yeah so that that's been sort of a, a pretty fun progression for me um over the last four years within the community but it's it's that kind of community where you can you can be a guy that you know just goes to work and does your nine to five, but you can also be someone who reaches out and basically just ha- chats with guys like Jeffrey and Matt and you know Adam and Tad. The whole community is great. I agree, in 100%. just reaching out to and talking to them. So, yeah, that's my Laravel journey. In terms of equipment, I'm a Mac user, so I've got a MacBook Pro 2013 Retina one. I prefer a mechanical keyboard, so I've got a Code Clear which makes a bit of bit of noise. And then I guess in terms of uh, editors, I'm a, I was Vim for a long time and then I was Sublime and then I was PHP Storm and then I went back to Vim and I spent most of last year on Vim, but I have switched back to Sublime now um, and that's that's been going pretty well. So uh, Sublime is my editor of choice. I'll, I'll jump into Vim if I'm on the command line for anything. And then probably lastly, the uh, microphone I'm using is a, is a Blue Yeti. Awesome. Cool. Jake? <laughs> so my journey actually looks a little bit different. I actually went to school to be a secondary math education uh, guy. So I actually taught high school math for about four years, if you can believe that. Algebra, geometry, pre-calculus, calculus, that sort of stuff. But the school that I was teaching at didn't really have the income that would allow me to reach the goals which I wanted, which were essentially to be able to have my wife uh, be able to stay home uh, with our kids as we were having kids. So I started looking for other jobs and found a job at a law firm, oddly enough, which kind of came in just as a IT guy, kind of break, fix sort of stuff. And they had some holes that they needed filled where really the only solution that we could come up with was custom software. And I'd always kind of done, you know, computer stuff on the side. And so I said, sure, yeah, I can jump in there and do that. And that kind of started me down uh, the path where I suppose you could say that was when I first became a quote unquote right professional developer, just meaning that that's when I was getting paid to do it. So I, I'd always kind of done it in evenings just as a hobby sort of thing, more like websites, right? But this is when I kind of started, got into web application programming. So Learned Codeigniter, jumped on the Codeigniter bandwagon, learned a lot of stuff there. MVC, learned what that was, uh, learned PHP a lot better. Uh, and then I actually switched jobs for a while, for about a year. And when I was at that other job, again, we had a uh, need to create some software. And one of the guys I was working with said, hey, why don't you check out this Laravel framework? It seems like it's going to be an up-and-coming thing and it seems it could be really useful. And Jeffrey had actually just started Laracast at that point. So I think it was, I think Laravel 4 had just released. So 
let's see, I guess that makes it about three years that I've been doing Laravel stuff. So since discovered Laravel, I've just been loving the framework and, and using it all the time. Of course, uh, like you said, Jack, earlier, yeah, just every day. That's what I do every single day is work on Laravel. So I love it. I really appreciate it for what it is. And my journey into kind of how I got involved in the community was that uh, at some point I saw uh, Matt Stauffer tweet out, I think, that he had been working on this application called Gistlog, which is essentially, if you haven't seen it, a way to create like a responsive wrapper around maybe a markdown post that you use gist.github.com to host. So I started being curious about that, looking into that. So I thought there was some pretty cool stuff in there and found a couple pieces that I could contribute towards and put a, put in a couple pull requests. And that's kind of how I met Matt Stauffer and uh, Adam Wadden through that as well. And the thing that I found that was really incredible was you essentially get like free coaching on on coding. So these guys are doing code reviews for you for free, right? You're contributing contributing to their open source projects. So they're doing code reviews for you and you learn a ton through that. And so that was hugely beneficial for me in terms of learning how to be a better developer, but also that helped me to meet some people in the community that I hadn't had access to previously. So um, I'll just pause here for a second to also give a plug for if you have never really contributed to open source, this is something that you should definitely do. It can be a little bit intimidating at first. And that actually brings to mind a blog post that Matt Stauffer read or not read, wrote uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, just kind of trying to remove that barrier for getting started. He showed you how to go through the entire process of forking a, uh, a repository and uh, creating a new branch and then submitting your pull requests. So we should throw that in the show notes, but you should definitely check that out. But like I said, the value that you get from contributing to open source is far greater than a lot of times the effort that you have to put into even submit these pull requests. So if you haven't contributed to open source, you should definitely check that out. Definitely do that. But that's kind of how I got started meeting some of the people in the community. Previous to that, it was Laravel IRC chat and Matt, uh, Matt, met Matt Machuga through there and a couple of the people for the uh, first Laracon that I went to in New York. But post that, uh, I actually started creating some packages for Laravel. And actually, that's how I met Michael. Uh, Michael had created a nullable fields package, which I used and loved and I had gotten in touch with him a couple times. And when I found out he was coming to Laracon in Louisville for 2016, we started talking and proposed that we do a podcast. So I said, yeah, sure, let's try that. So Started doing a podcast and uh, we've been doing that, you know, for half a year or so and that and got to meet Eric and Jack this year at Laracon, which was cool. And and uh, so looking forward to being a part of contributing to the podcast moving forward. I think what really impressed me about the Laravel community was the general, like, I guess what would be the word, niceness, maturity, uh, lack of like kind of anger in the forums that I had visited and things like that. You know, you could ask a question and people would come in and they'd try to answer you. And, and you know, uh, that wasn't, hasn't always been my experience with various open source initiatives where you'd ask a question and people would kind of give you a terse one-liner, like, well, it's in the manual, you should have read it, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, it, it is, it's like 180 degrees. People welcome newcomers, they welcome questions, they understand when people are stuck that, you know, it's frustrating and they try to help them. And and uh, I think that was just, to me, it, it it's almost like my involvement with Laravel was more because of this community as opposed to the technology, right? I mean, I who knows? Maybe Symfony is just as good. Maybe there's other things out there that are just good. But it, I don't think any framework has the combination of the framework itself, the person behind the framework, and all the the community that kind of goes around it. You know, I think I think that's to me what made Laravel very very appealing. Uh, you know, when I got started, and it's it's very appealing even today as I you know as we hand the torch over for you guys for the podcast. So 
I think it's kind of a unique pocket within even just the PHP community. Like the greater PHP community teams seems to be fairly critical. Uh, you know, it's not not like what Laravel is, which as you say, it's it's kind of, if you ask a question, even if someone's answered that question a hundred times, you know, on Laracast or whatever, right. they're still going to give you an answer and they're not going to make you feel belittled because, you know, as you said, it's not just read the documentation. It's maybe you missed it in the documentation. Maybe you didn't understand the documentation. It's here's a link to the documentation. Here's an explanation of what that means kind right, of thing. Yeah, so sure. I, th- I think it's, yeah, it's kind of different. But it's it's unique, right? It's 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 special. It's not, yeah. I wish I could say that the whole world was that way, but it, it's not, you know what I mean? So this is like a little reprieve. It's It's kind of neat. I suppose like one of the other things that I really appreciate about the community too is that it's just it's not just about PHP and just about Laravel. It, it pushes you to learn things that maybe you wouldn't have learned otherwise. Like for example, when I was very first starting, I didn't know Composer super well, right? You know, three years ago, four years ago, whatever. And it really pushed me to have to learn that. And a lot of times people just like to be told these are some tools that you need to look at or these are some things that you need to learn and i feel like as laravel continues to release new versions there's more and more things that it's encouraging its community to learn about like so even with javascript frameworks so uh, i had been looking to see uh, what do i need to invest my time in is it do i need to look at react should i be looking at angular is there something else and then there was of course the big push from the laravel community to look at vue.js it was awesome because the same people that I was previously talking to about Laravel, I could also now talk to about Vue because everybody just kind of gets on board and we all kind of move forward together. So that's another thing that's hugely valuable about being a part of the community is you just have other people to bounce ideas off of. And, and it's about more than just one thing. It's about more than just PHP, more than just Laravel. It is. And I'm I'm honestly like, I'm really glad, you know, we talk about ecosystems for a minute, both Jeffrey and Taylor have found a way to make a living doing what they love to do. And I think that's really important because there's so many open source projects that get started that they could be great, but, you know, you, you know, people also have to find a way to feed their family, right? And without, you know, the, either the time to dedicate to it, which then means, you know, you have to have that money, right? Like, it's hard. So I think it's it's amazing to me that, you know, uh, that Forge is, was created and that it is it is a tool to make things easier for people. But it's also, uh, you know, it's I know a, a lot of people that have said that they just pay for Forge whether they even need it or not because they want to contribute that way and help tailor out and everything. And I, it to me, what it also says is if you're thinking about investing your time in learning Laravel, it's not going anywhere, right? Like yeah. the whole ecosystem to me is pretty solid and pretty sound, right? Like there's there's no motivation for, for anyone who's doing well in it to stop doing it and go do something else. Oh, hey, while we have a quick moment of dead time here, let me go back. I totally forgot to talk about the equipment that I use and that stuff. So it's nothing really exciting. It's pretty default setup, I'm sure. I have a MacBook Pro 2013 Retina. Uh, the one thing that is exceptional about my system is that I am still on uh, Yosemite, which is terrible, I know. Really? And Ooh. I don't have a really good excuse other than the fact that my time machine drive that I used to use to back it up just crapped out one day. And so I am committing to on live on the air. Michael, you can hold me to it. I will back <laughs> it up and upgrade to the latest version of Mac OS this week. Promise. But other than that, I uh, let's see, I have a Thunderbolt monitor, 27-inch Thunderbolt monitor, which is another one of the things that's kind of shying me away from using uh, one of the new MacBook Pros is the USB-C thing. I don't think they have a Thunderbolt 
support on that. I mean, there's a yeah. there's an adapter for yeah. it. Yeah, right? I know there's like dongles and things like that, but yeah, whatever. We'll see. I'll probably still end up getting one. Other than that, let's see. Apple wireless keyboard and mouse. Nothing special there. Uh, Chris Fadao, I think, has a weird mouse, doesn't he, Eric? You work with him. I think he has like a Logitech with like 30 buttons on it or something. Yeah. yeah. I think he can like deploy a server with like a thumb click button <laughs> yeah. or something crazy like that. As far as editor, I use PHP Storm. I started with Sublime. Actually, I started way, way, way long ago. It was like Notepad, then Notepad++, then it was Sublime, and that was like the most amazing thing in the world because of like multiple cursor support. And now I'm on to PHP Storm. So like it or hate it, that's your opinion. And then I just got a new mic, actually, which is the Audio-Technica ATR2100. That's a great great mic, yeah. Yeah, and... I got it because that's the one that Taylor Otwell used to use. And so can't go wrong with that, right? And consequentially, that's the one right. that Eric uses as well. Uh, yeah, Taylor now has a... Yeah, SSD, that's what Adam uses. Yeah, that's a that's a it's it's an expensive mic and it also requires like either an amplifier or like a DBX286 processor like because it's so quiet, it's output. So, you know, you're... you're you're looking at a pretty significant financial commitment if you're if you're going to that space. Yeah, yeah. This, um, this one costs like fifty bucks, right? Who can yeah. swing fifty exactly. bucks for a podcast? Yeah, and this one is the one that like I mean every podcaster loves that. Sure. One, so sure. So that's awesome. So that's my setup. What, uh, so yeah. w- when when you were editing the podcast before, what software did you use? And Michael, what software do you use to edit it now? Yeah, I used to use uh, Adobe Audition. Okay, and Michael, I think you use Adobe Audition too, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm still using Adobe Audition as well. Uh, I don't have Audition because I don't pay for one of the Adobe subscriptions, right? So I don't have any of that stuff. But uh, I've I've talked to other podcasters who have used it, and the people who have it love it. It, 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 it seems to me like it's probably one of the best tools out there. I just didn't want to get involved in paying, you know, whatever it is, twenty or thirty bucks a month for life. So yeah, yeah, I think you can get it for cheaper. I think they have one off subscriptions or something like that. I remember, like with Photoshop, you can get a ten dollars subscription that includes Photoshop and one other thing, and then beyond that. I thought their individual apps were like, I thought they were $20, but if you only do it like month to month, I think it's more expensive. It's one of those things where like, I, I, it's almost like you, you, I, I knew I would end up like biting the bullet and just paying the 50. And it's like, I don't know if I need to take on like $600 a year in expense on something that I probably don't 100% need, but yeah, but it's a great tool set. What do you use, Jack? So I went through every tool available Except and for I ended up settling... Uh, yeah, like I, I actually no, I actually tried audition. I, I did the trial and tried to see if it was like, is it so good that it can you know justify the the expense? I tried one called uh, Hindenburg, which is just for people doing podcasts. I tried using Logic and GarageBand. Uh, I tried using Audacity, and then the one I ended up settling on is one that Adam Wathen uses, uh, which is called Reaper. And the reason the reason I settled on Reaper was kind of a combination of after Adam kind of showed me how you could customize it, it became reasonably efficient for me to use and it's also like fairly inexpensive i think a license is like 60 dollars us for uh for an individual so you know again it goes back to it was like you know 60 dollars once versus 20 dollars you know recurring made reaper you know kind of the choice the thing where i feel like audacity or oh, i'm saying audacity but it's adobe audition where that's better is they have a lot of really good bundled like plugins for noise removal and that kind of stuff which reaper doesn't but i had bought all of that stuff kind of beforehand anyway so i it wasn't like i needed it from the adobe suite yeah that stuff is really nice like lots of people on youtube have audition and have some really great tutorials so that's really helpful too for getting started for sure yeah so eric you've been kind of silent this whole time any words of wisdom you want to impart on our listeners 
as we go through this transition? Well, I was since we're talking about uh, equipment, I was going to say I just bought a brand new um, MacBook 12 inch, really? and I love it. I think I like it more than any machine I've ever had. The 12 inch doesn't have the touch bar, right? No, right. The, Right, yeah, it's, it's the last year edition, you know, the one that came out last year. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, basically, the replacement of the MacBook Air, like, I actually don't even understand why they didn't call it the MacBook Air. It's a little thing. Now, do you use that for editing? Do you use that for, like, you know, code stuff? Yeah. You do? Well, I, it's I got enough horsepower, like, what's, uh, you know, how much RAM does it have? I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> matter. It works. <laughs> I use... Uh, Eric is, like, the ideal Apple customer, right? Yeah. I don't know how much RAM it's got. It works. I'm happy. Uh, it, I use Valet and Sublime Text on it, and that's it works perfect awesome. for everything I use. And then, uh, and then my at work, I have an iMac which does PHP Storm and all my other mess. Um, so yeah, yeah. So it's got, what, it's got what the, the power. What does the MacBook weigh? Is it? I know it's under three pounds. Is it? Is it under two? I don't know. <laughs> I just <laughs> I, I, I just needed a new laptop, and I was like, I like that the small size. So here's here's <laughs> an interesting tidbit for anyone doing podcasts, which I always thought the MacBook would be perfect for. Is the MacBook has no fans. Right, it's it's completely silent. It's as silent as using a mm. uh, an iPod or uh, it's just an iPod. Listen to me, an iPad or you know what have you. So to me, I thought that would make a great machine for getting on Skype and doing the kind of stuff we're doing now because you'd have no no noise from the the PC fan. So yeah, you know you know what amazes me is all these Apple bloggers are now podcasting using only their iPads. They're editing the audio and everything all right from the, yeah. the iPad. Yeah, I've got a guy at work that does that. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that that no fans thing is nice. My mine is sitting here just <laughs> buzzing at the moment. <laughs> well, I guess the good news is I can't hear it. Like I always, when I would edit our old podcast uh, back in the day, like I always used to hear it. So I tried to you know use noise removal to pull it out and all that kind of stuff. And even now, like I we were talking and I I looked, I, I could hear the fans kicking on. I looked at my little um, CPU gauge that I have in the menu bar. And I pulled it up, and it was like uh, Backblaze Backup decided that it was going to index all the content on my hard drive, and it was like consuming 100% CPU. So I was like, oh, man. <laughs> well, neat stuff. Well, guys, I, uh, I, I, you know, speaking at least on, on behalf of me, I'm, I'm really happy that you guys are here, and I look forward to listening to what you guys have to say on both of your shows. From my part going back, you know, like into the past, Eric, it's been awesome doing the show with you. And uh, it's been really a great, like, you know, for those of you that don't know, I didn't know Eric at all. You know, like, it's not like we grew up in the same area or have relatives or any of that kind of stuff. I met him for the first time at Laricon in uh, 2015. And it was really more like, you know, me just kind of coming up and, you know, almost like fanboy style and being like, hey, I love what you do. You know, and I reached out to him later and said, hey, you want to do a podcast? And Eric was like, sure, let's do it. So uh, it's been great getting to know you, Eric. So just wanted to say thanks again. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been fun. Um, as probably other people know, I'm not I'm not a big fan of uh, talking. That's why I do Liverpool News. That way, I can uh, write out all the uh, the new information. So it was definitely a uh, a fun experience to kind of get out of my comfort zone uh, while we recorded all those. Right. I remember one of our first talks when you were telling me you're like, I don't really like talking, and then and then you described like what dinner was like at your house. And you said you just sat there while everybody else at the table talked. And I was like, I was like, wow, that's, that's a, you know, he's really, he really means it. <laughs> yes. I can't get a word in. Good listeners. <laughs> Got too many extroverts yeah. living in this house. That's funny. Right. <laughs> and I do know, I like, I, you know, uh, just from being at Laricon last year, I think it's, uh, it's been, you know, uh, you know, you said people would come up to you and, you know, felt like they kind of, 
got to know a little bit more about you just because they were listening to the show and got to hear your voice and everything like that. So that was pretty cool. So do you think you'll ever be a, a guest on the show from time to time or you think you're going to just oh, totally hands off it? We'll, we'll kind of see where it goes. Um, I'm actually doing, I am going to be a guest on the Lara chat one. I think they're doing things. Uh, so I agreed to be a guest, I think sometime in February. Who does, who does Lara chat? Like, I feel like I know the person and yet I can't get the name off the tip of my tongue. Isn't that the there's guy that a, did there's a couple of, yeah, yeah, there's a couple of different guys do it. I think Sean Maisie's is yeah, one. Maze. Eric Van Johnson does it uh, as well more so recently. And there are a couple of others whose names escape me. But, um, yeah, I think Sean is the one that, that kind of leads that podcast. Awesome. Very cool. So um, before we wrap up, since Laravel 5.4 will be out basically any time, I believe, probably within the next two weeks. Um, he says it's going to be released in January, and that gives him, what, 50? 15, 17 more days. Yeah. What uh, feature are you most looking forward to? Oh, this is like an easy one. I, like, I don't even do Laravel full-time, and I can already answer this All one. Right. So what, what is it? Well, it's got to be Markdown HTML oh, okay. uh, or uh, Markdown, uh, Markdown email, right? Like that's, that's I think, kind of the, the thing there. And what's interesting is he's he's doing Markdown for email. That's what it was advertised for, right? Have you – I haven't looked, but I would love to use that almost like as blade and rendering. You know what I mean? Like it, find a way to store Markdown in the database and be able to just pull it out and be like, there it goes. Well, you can because the package will be since, so now you'll always have the Markdown package, um, which is parsed down, I believe is the one he picked. Um, okay. So you can either just create your little helper or may, he might end up adding a helper. I don't know. I know I've uh, put my vote in to add a little blade helper to, uh, yeah. to render it. And it's interesting because like Jacob, you were talking about this before, like, as a novice person from my side, Eric just mentioned that you know the Markdown engine, if you will, isn't even one that Taylor wrote. He just he just went out and you know evaluated some and pulled one in. But as a novice for me, like that is so helpful because I would have either never figured out to do that at all, or I would have been in like this kind of stalemate of like, oh, there's six of them out there and I don't have time to evaluate them. You know what I mean? Like so, it, it to me like it is so helpful. Uh, fly system, I think, is another great example, oh, yeah. right? You know, like the, the you know, fly system, and I've used uh, Freak's backup tool and backed up to Dropbox with it, and it, like it was all just so easy. But part of the ease is just that, like, someone else has kind of made those decisions for us, right? Like that you know, we haven't had to go evaluate, you know, an infinite number of technologies. See, now you're you're acting like me when I buy my Mac computer. <laughs> <laughs> just let them make the decisions okay. for you. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay when Jack does it. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, see, now I hope I wasn't being, uh, what's, what's the word? But, uh, you know, it does remind me of a, uh, what was that? There's an internet meme where, like, some guy's, like, got money in his hand and he's, like, going to the Apple store and he's like, take my money. You know, so. <laughs> um, I think that the thing I'm probably most excited about for 5.4 is the slots and components in uh, Blade. Just in the last, I don't know, two weeks or so, I've run into a couple different situations where two or three times where, man, those slots and components in the blade uh, layouts would have been so handy. And so I'm really excited to get my hands on that, try that out and see how it works. So Jacob, for somebody who's listening who doesn't know what slots or components are, can you tell us a little bit about what what does that mean? What is that, what is that going to give the average person? Well, so um, let me try and think of a good example here. So let's say, for example, that you have a uh, master layout file, okay, and uh, you have a header that you want to go at the top of every page. So previously what you might have done is you might have built a header.blade.php file and included that into your uh, 
into one of your other blade templates to do like an include header, whatever. Right. right. So now it's rendered at the top of your page. So that's fine until you want to change the title that's in that header. Okay. So the option that you have there is you have a variable in your header .blade.php file, which says, give me the title, dollar sign title. So you reference that and no problem. Now, when you say include header, you can type comma, and then pass in the title okay. into that include statement. So that and works. this is this is all the old way, right? And yeah, this is this is the way it currently works, right? However, let's say that you now, in addition to want to having the title, you now want to pass some HTML in there. So you okay. might want to render some HTML in the header as well. Well, the option that you have now is to pass another piece of data through that include statement, which is all the HTML. So you can see how that would get really nasty pretty quick, sure. right? So in the file that you have, you have include header.blade.php, then you have short array syntax, title equals title, and then you have body equals, and then a big spew of HTML, right? So that's pretty nasty. You wouldn't necessarily want to use that in your in your views. You'd want to find some other way around. Well, with slots and components, you can say I have a component, which is my header, and now I have a slot, which is called title, and I have a slot, which is called body. And instead of having to do that include syntax and do it that way, you can define on your template, you can say, okay, I want to include this component. And for the slot title, here's what needs to go in there. And for the slot body, here's the HTML. So you no longer have to pass it as a variable into that include statement. You can just write it out as you would but you get the advantage of being able to not have to duplicate all that surrounding okay um, code template. yeah that does sound you cool. just kind of inject the little pieces that you want into that component so like i said i've come into like two or three different situations where i'm like that would be incredibly helpful and uh, i think once i'm able to get my hands on it and i'm able to use it in a couple different places i'll probably be able to even get a give a better explanation but yeah i'm uh, excited to get my try it out Awesome. So, cool. Michael, I think the the spotlight's on you. What's your what's your most anticipated feature that hasn't already been talked about? I think I've been doing a lot of front end lately, um, and as good as Elixir is, it's a bit finicky. It's it's kind of sort of tied to the legacy that is Gulp, but it's starting to introduce things like Webpack. Uh, so, for me, I think Laravel Mix, which will be the the rename and the rewrite, I guess, of what Elixir was, and that's that's going totally webpack so i'm hoping that's going to make things a bit nicer a bit quicker um, than what they are currently i have i have some issues every now and then with elixir where it would just stop watching or it'll say that it's combined all my assets and then it hasn't so i haven't used it yet a couple of couple of my colleagues at work have switched out to mix probably in the last couple of weeks and they've they've been pretty happy with it uh, so it'd be nice to use that that moving forward if for no other reason then it's the new the new thing to use awesome and you know it's interesting you mentioned the rebranding i thought i saw a tweet from taylor at one point that he was kind of coming up with like logos for each of the little kind of sub technologies that you know, are in in laravel do you know anything about yeah. that eric yeah basically he just uh he had his designer that one the guy that did the laracon website okay he created basically logos for for everything for homestead um Dusk, uh, Mix, basically all the little subtools all have logos now, um, which yeah. helps me out tremendously whenever I'm covering them on the site. That way, it makes it easier to create the the big I, big images. I think it makes it. I think it makes it easy for a a, a new programmer because it's you know it's hard to wrap your head around all of this 
different stuff that's out there. And when you can make a mental picture and tie it to like some picture on his website, right? Like I think it just, it just really helps. And even before that, you know, I thought that it was brilliant of Taylor to have like, you know, to call it, for example, like blade as opposed to like, this is our template engine or, you know, eloquent as opposed to this is our ORM, right? Because then it, it gives you cert like terms that you can Google and search on, like I'm having trouble with this or, you know, and you're, if you're in a forum and you're talking about something like people immediately know from one word exactly what it is that you're talking about and that you're talking about it in that language, right? If you said yeah. ORM, right? Like you do a search on ORM, you're going to get ORMs for every different language, you know, PHP, every framework, all that stuff. So it's really neat. I'm I, like, this thing is moving so fast and so well, like it, it's, it's hard to keep up with, but it's, uh, it's fun to watch for sure. Yeah. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like five, three was just released. Like yeah. you asked me what I'm looking forward to in five, four. And I'm like, man, I'm still like, I'm just getting to some of the five, three stuff, <laughs> like mailable classes yeah. and notifications. I, I was just talking to one of the guys the other day, like, oh man, I need to send emails, but I'm not sure which new feature I want to use. And it's, it's not new anymore. It's like five, three has been out <laughs> since the middle of the year, you know? Right, so it's like, right, yeah. man, I'm just getting to some of this stuff and five, four is coming out. It's a little bit intimidating. You know, and I think I have stuff on five one still because again, I'm I just do this part time, right? So it might be kind of thing where like three four months go by and I don't touch any code at all, and then I'll do something for a weekend and all that stuff. So yeah, it it definitely is moving. Uh, it's moving quickly. You know, what I love is is when five three came out, Taylor was like, "This is going to be the best release ever." Uh, he's like, "I don't, even, I, I can't even imagine what we could do for five four. This release is so good." <laughs> and then five four comes, it's got like all these awesome new features. Yeah, yeah. He always yeah, outdoes himself. Yes. He is a little he's a little bit of Taylor Stephen Jobs. <laughs> uh, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, listen, I think we're getting to the end of our time here. Uh, any any last words from anyone? I was just going to say, it seems like with the inauguration stuff coming up and everything, Obama leaving office and whatnot, Eric, I feel like you should be giving Jack the Presidential Medal of Freedom here. You know, That's like true. Uh, yes, we should Jack, you should be tearing up and uh, surprising him with the Medal of Freedom. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's, the interesting thing, too, is like from a geography perspective, like, Eric, you're in, is it North or South? You're in South Carolina, North, right? North Carolina. North Carolina. And then, um, and by the way, if you're in North Carolina, do you consider, is that the better of the two Carolinas? Yes. Is there, is there a war or anything <laughs> like that? Yeah, I'm waiting for him to say no. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> but uh, like Jacob and I are both in Illinois, which you would think means that like, hey, we're going to be hanging out and going to lunch or whatever. But Jacob, you're downstate, uh, like near Bloomington Normal, that's right? That's exactly where I am, Bloomington Normal. You got it. Yeah. So that's about, I want to say that's like a two-ish hour drive from where I'm at. So not the kind of thing you do, uh, you do like, you know, every day just for the heck of it, right? And then Michael, of course, you're in Australia. Uh, is it Queensland? Yeah. Is that where you're at? Adelaide. No, no, we talked about Queenslanders. They're the, they're the bad ones. Adelaide, yeah. There we go. So, um, and that's quite a, that's, I can't even drive there. That's, you know, it's get on an airplane. Definitely cannot drive there, no. A long, long time, right? So, yeah. I think in it, in a way, what's really amazing is like we are all talking on Skype right now and it's working. Like none of our computers are smoking, like nothing is blown <laughs> up, like how I, how this works. And like and I can see everybody like we're doing video as well. Like this is this is awesome. What a great time to be alive. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Michael, um, I have a funny question for you. Um, oh, yes. I assume you guys you don't have dogs, right? So like for your dog is a kangaroo. <laughs> where, where was this yeah. you don't have dogs come from is that a thing I don't know I was dogs just thinking about dogs. that I have a dog and a kangaroo yeah the dog stays home and guards the house and I ride the kangaroo to work every day it's like Dino I, I feel like we're getting into stereotypes that might not be true here <laughs> that's what every episode is in our podcast so uh, yeah don't worry 
That's funny. I've, I've got this. I've got this picture in my head, and I just can't get it out now. I, you know, Michael riding a kangaroo to, to work. <laughs> well, see, I picture it with him, like with a leash, with like you know, he, he just kind of walks the kangaroo around his yard and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> kangaroos are. Uh, I mean, they're like I don't know. I don't know if you call them dangerous, but have you ever seen any of those videos of like kangaroos like beating people up and stuff like that? It's like it's kind of yeah. funny. There was a video just before Christmas, I think, of some guy who punched a kangaroo because that. the kangaroo like got his dog and put it in a headlock. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he just went up and uh, straight up punched the kangaroo in the I face, saw that video. and the oh kangaroo went right. I'm not having any of that, and then it left. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think, you know, this is like Seinfeld. I don't think you can top an episode now that we've reached this point. So this is where we should all we should all bow down. We're like, all right, that's it. We're done. Yeah. George Costanza. I made it. That's it. We're done. That sounds good. But uh, yeah, we look uh, forward to it and uh, can't wait uh, for the uh, first official inaugural episode. And um, in the meantime, I think uh, me and Jack want to tell everybody thank you for listening to us for the last year. Our rambling. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate all the listeners. It's been great. It's been wonderful to watch the numbers go up, which uh, which either means that you're telling your parents or you know you're you're telling your friends or maybe my mom is just downloading more times than she was in the beginning. I'm not really sure, but uh, it was awesome. Hey, one question I had, uh, which we didn't talk about. Do you guys have uh, any idea? Like, are you thinking you're going to do this on a regular schedule, like every other week or every week or whatever, or is it just going to kind of you're going to just throw one together when you've got enough news and. And then, you know, kind of they'll randomly kind of seed themselves. Like, I think that's kind of like how the Laravel podcast is, right? Michael, I'm going to let you take that one. Yeah, I think you guys were on a fortnightly schedule or so. So we'll, we'll probably try and maintain that one. And then our thinking was probably that we would then alternate North meet South with Laravel News. Oh, yeah. um, sure. I don't, I don't know that we would necessarily have enough content um, to do one weekly and one fortnightly. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But I think... The plan at this stage, Jake, is to do Laravel News fortnightly as it has been currently. And then, yeah, we'll alternate our own podcast. I see everybody's faces seeing Michael saying fortnightly. And I recognize this is the first time you've heard that. Oh, you don't know what for? Yeah. Every 14 days, Uh, every two weeks. This is like some. Yeah, like it's. Yeah, we're all like devising. Like that must be what he means because that's what it is, right? You know, it's. I'm, re- I'm reading Don Quixote, and in it, it talks about there was like one section, it's like, you know, on the fortnight. And I was like, what? <laughs> I know. Great. It's so funny because, like, I hear these in regular conversations, so it's not weird for me anymore. But I remember it used to be. I, I take it back. It's still weird for me. Uh, I hear him saying, and I'm like, thinking, why doesn't he just say every other week? You know, it's like. Right, right. It's just customs, right? Like, I remember. Uh, we went to Australia on vacation once and I was pretty young, so I really wasn't exposed to a whole lot aside from like central middle United States, right? And I went into a McDonald's and in the United States, it's always, do you want that? Is it for here to go? Right. That's the question. You know, you go up to the counter, is that, is that for here to go? And they were like, I don't know what they say there, but it might've been like eat in or dine away or take away or something, right? Like it Take-away, was just different yeah. enough that I like stared at the lady and I was like, what, what? You know, like I had to like think about the words that she said and then like, okay, what do these words mean? And like connect all the dots together before I could answer her. And it was kind of like, it's embarrassing, but it's fun at the same time. So what is it, Michael? <laughs> what do they say? It's dining or takeaway. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I think now more commonly they just ask, is it takeaway? And then you have to like fumble to figure out how to say, I'm going to have it here <laughs> if, right. if that's what your intention is. Right. Now, do you, uh, is it still, is there, is there still like a, a general lack of use of the product known as ketchup there? 
The only the only place they really call it ketchup is in uh, we have Hungry Jack, so Burger King or or McDonald's. Uh, I don't think yeah, we just call it tomato sauce. Yeah, that's weird. I think it's different though, right? Tomato sauce is actually tomato sauce, whereas ketchup I think has sugar and maybe some spices or something in it. They're they're a little yeah. different. Like you that can was get. A different, yeah, Vegemite I mean you can get a tomato thing. sauce, but yeah, we would we would have what what you call ketchup is what we would have as tomato sauce. It would probably taste different, but I think the concept is the same. Like yeah. we will put ketchup on our Big Mac, for example. Okay, because yeah, obviously it's Americanized because it's an American company. But um, and then you yeah, mentioned Jack in the Box. So when I was there, Jack in the Box had no not the logo the for what we call Hungry Jacks. Hungry, Hungry Jacks. Jacks. Is that what it was? One of them had the logo for, like, the Burger King logo was, was it Hungry Jacks? Is that, is it the same yeah. company? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because there was, there is a company, there was a company here in, like, the 80s when Burger King came over that was already called Burger King. I, I believe that's what, what the story was. So, that's why we've got Hungry Jacks. But uh, it's, it's the same thing. There is one or two Burger Kings around that are now franchised out to Burger King in America. Okay. But, yeah, I don't. Like it's not, it's not especially common here. Yeah. Well, look forward to learning more about uh, Australia in episodes to come and more about Laravel <laughs> as well. Yep. Two for one deal. Brilliant. <laughs> two for one. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again, uh, again, from me, for everyone who's listening. Thanks to you guys for taking over. Thanks to Eric for doing this with me for the last year. It's been great and uh, look forward to the future. Sounds good, man. Thanks again for the opportunity. Really excited yeah, about it. Absolutely. This concludes this episode of the Laravel News Podcast. If you like the show, please rate it five stars on iTunes. If you have feedback for the podcast, please email us at podcast at laravel-news.com. Thanks for listening.